Thanks for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson. Well, if there's anything I underestimated when we got married, it would be the amount of baggage. (laughs) That I was carrying? (laughs) I'd love to say you. Actually... I knew you were bringing baggage in because I knew your family, and I'm like, oh, boy. But I had no idea. I brought a a whole plane full, a truck full. (laughs) I mean, I would have told you, and I probably did, oh, I'm good. You totally did. I thought Dave doesn't have any baggage. He's still with all of his stuff. I didn't think I did. I mean, all you have to do is look at our bio and go, okay, two alcoholic parents, divorce, death of his brother, I mean, but Dave, I think what happens is we assume and we think because we've given our lives to Jesus. Yeah, it's all gone. It's all cleaned up. Yeah, it just magically disappears. Yeah. And in God's graciousness, he allows us to walk through unpacking the bags, but it's hard. Yeah. And today we get to walk through a pretty remarkable story that we got to hear uh, at a dinner table Mm -hmm. one night in Little Rock with Ron and Nan Deal, who are in the studio with family life. Uh, it feels weird saying welcome to family life today because you're, <laughs> you're such a part of family life. But welcome to family life today, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Glad to be here. It's great to be here. Um, and many of you know Ron is the director of our family life blended ministry for how many years? Ten years now. Yeah. So um, you laugh when we talk about our baggage, but we get to hear your story today mm. that a lot of your story was hidden. Start from wherever. You can begin to tell us what we need to know. Right. You said truckloads. I'd say I had a whole fleet of semis. (laughs) I did not grow up in a Christian home. It was toxic soup. Mm. My mom and dad and three girls. I'm the youngest of three girls. And um, it was fists through the wall, fights, unforgiveness, bitterness, rage, and shame. It was shame-based parenting. And... As soon as I could get out, I ran as fast as I could. There was just not a safe person to go to. There was a lot of abandonment there. There was a lot of emotional abandonment, physical abandonment. I learned very early on I was on my own. Nobody had my back. And I wasn't worth much. Mm -hmm. I was told over and over again that they never should have had me or I wouldn't amount to much which resulted in all three of us having eating disorders and issues of that nature. But it was a hard place to grow up and a very lonely home to grow up in. Nan, was there any faith in your home? No. And my dad and I started going to church when I was in junior high. But it was Easter and Christmas, and there was no Bible in the home. And so when we would go to church Easter and Christmas, The music was the only thing really that spoke to me, but I didn't know God's word. I didn't know that those words and those songs were actual scriptures from God's word. I knew I wanted to be there. And when I was six, I had a babysitter and she was a Catholic lady and she took me to Catholic mass. And I remember kneeling on that mahogany bench and I can see those crushed velvet cushions and holding her hand in church. And actually, I wanted her to be my mom. She taught me how to pray, and she taught me the Lord's Prayer, and her home felt safe, and going to Mass with her felt safe. So fast forward that to junior high, and there was this girl that went to 
my church with me, but she also double dipped across town at the Assembly of God. And one night she said to me, she said, hey, would you like to go to a concert with me? And this Joan Baez type girl comes out on the stage with her guitar and this this holly hobby dress up to her, you know, her chin. And she starts singing. It was Amy Grant. I may not be everybody yes. for their little girl. Yeah, it was and Father's that was Eyes. the first song she started oh, really? singing. It was. And, and those words, really? I may not be every mother's dream for her little girl. Was and her I life. wept because it was like, that's how I feel. Hmm. That was one of those moments where hmm. I knew at six with my babysitter. And in that moment, God was always pursuing me. And just so didn't know exactly what that meant. I didn't meant. know what that meant. You said a minute ago. She ran as fast as she could, as soon as she could. Yeah, I was thinking, Ron, was that you? She's that guy. How did she come into her life? She ran to me. Um, We met in seventh grade. Seventh grade? We went through junior high and high school together. We're friends long before we ever started dating. Ron Deal, the nicest guy I had ever met. He is a nice guy. He is a nice guy. (laughs) I could totally see that. But this is what you didn't know is her family was toxic soup. And mine was a healthy, loving Christ-centered family in which I never, ever, ever doubted that I was loved or cared for, and yet at the same time, always wondered if I was one mistake away from sort of losing my dad's heart. Hmm. You know, sometimes when things are out in the open, you know what you're dealing with. And the baggage I brought into our marriage was what I didn't know I was dealing with, and that was just this... I feel like everything is a test Hmm. and perform well is the name of the game. That's how I coped. So I was good as an athlete. I was okay as a student. And that was a big message within my, my family that drove us to be good. And so being good was like really super important to me. And, you know, you fast forward a few years and Nan and I are married and together and I'm trying to be good at everything I do in life, in work, and I'm so focused there that I'm not focused on her. Well, Ron, let me go back for a minute. Did you know about what Nan's life was growing up? I mean, yes. But let me just say after, even in my mid-50s, 36 years of marriage, I'm still figuring out me. <laughs> We're still figuring out her, where right. she grew up in. Like the lingering impact of baggage is something that I think for most of us is a lifelong endeavor. But, so, yeah, I had been there. I'd seen it. I'd mm-hmm. interacted with her parents even before we started dating. So right. I've known them a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's like you see the bags. You don't know how heavy they are. Right. You know, well said. Right. And my oldest sister who passed away of anorexia at 45. I mean, Ron saw that whole thing. He mm-hmm. knew that that was there. He knew my mom and dad's relationship. And he knew that there wasn't faith in the home. And God actually used him to bring me to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, we studied the Bible and I became a Christian and I was baptized. Mm-hmm. Did I, you think Ron would kind of be your saving grace? You betcha. So oh. Ron was your escape. You mm-hmm. betcha. You knew Jesus. Yeah, but, but maybe you didn't know how to help have Jesus interact with exactly. all those hard things. Exactly. I wanted Ron to rescue me. I put him on that horse and gave him that 
shield and that sword, and I wanted him to fight every battle. And, Ron, you probably wanted to because you said you were a good guy. Yeah. I mean, I did want to rescue and help and serve and love her well. And at the same time, I wanted to please everybody under the sun. Mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, fear of man. If I have an idol, like that's my weak spot is I want people to approve of me. I want people to be thrilled or impressed mm-hmm. with my work. And so I was driven and perfectionistic. And in the back of my mind, it was all serving the kingdom. Right. So how do you argue with that? Like, yeah, Nan and I have had this conversation so many times, like she's opened my eyes to uh, how, do, how do you win when you're in her shoes and I'm chasing stuff for God? And God should always be first. Right. Mm-hmm. So you take a back seat as a wife. Right. For sure. And I had a pride in that that mm-hmm. I didn't know I had. Again, part of my baggage was I took pride in doing well, performing well, ministry well. Uh, Everything related to that and couldn't wrap my mind around why she wasn't thrilled. (laughs) Everybody else seems to be thrilled. Why are you thrilled? (laughs) And Uh, then what was it like for you? And once again, there's the abandonment. Mm. I'm not enough. You're chasing after something else. Or after you have worked all day long, you're exhausted. And so there's nothing left for me. When I was at home and I was growing up in that, I learned I needed to do things by myself, become self-reliant. I became very resentful towards my family. And it was like, peace out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to him and see you later. I'll take care of my college. I'll pay for it. And I've got this guy now and I'll show you how to parent. And then as Ron's in ministry and I was never the typical minister's wife. Oh, my goodness, you know, because I didn't come from anything. I didn't come from a Christian home. I always felt like I was never enough. And so here's this guy chasing after work and other things. And I'm like, well, then I'll do it. Forget you. I'll, you know, and I'll wall myself off. Self-protect. Self-protect, for sure. And especially when the boys came along, if anything that I was good at, I did not want to parent like they had parented me. Mm. And I hope I did that. I never wanted them for one moment to not think they were wanted, Mm. loved, or anything but amazing. And that I was all in as their mother and that there was nothing they could do to make me not love them. You know, part of that was my pride. Part of that was I was going to show my parents how to do it. And part of that was this love for these three little guys that, you know, I'm like, how could you not? Mm. I loved and I love every moment of it. Mm. So there was a safe and wonderful place. And as Ron's going and blowing and, you know, I'm doing this for God. I'm like, well, I'm going to protect these boys at all costs and I'm going to protect myself. And more walling off, more bitterness, resentment and anger. And you've got abandonment from that and abandonment in this. and. You add fuel to that, and it's just going to go. I mean, Ron, did you see what was happening in your home? Because in my my life, it's a little different but similar, and mm-hmm. I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. I was so focused building on the your ministry, job. building mm-hmm. successful ministry that even when she would say it, I sort of looked at her like she was needy. Yeah. Like, come no. on, you've got – no, I so didn't. I couldn't see it. Could you? I didn't see it. Yeah. We kind of divide our – 36 years up into the first 10 or 15, I was 
completely consumed in my own endeavors. I thought I was building God's kingdom, and that's, I think, the way it started. I think I had really good intentions, and somewhere along the way, I started building my kingdom Mm. and could not see it. As a matter of fact, I probably, I know I did, because we processed this. I, Mm -hmm. I gave her the look and the speech and the, come on, what are you complaining about? Right. Why are you? And I just have to say, hmm. you know, it was terrible. I was a parietaholic. Hmm. Hmm. That was my drink of choice was I'm right. <laughs> and you just got to figure this out and you got to start performing well. Like, again, that's mm-hmm. a standard that I had yeah. grown up with and had put on myself and had adopted in my life as my approach to life and I was pushing that off on her and oh by the way since I'm so good at what I do I have the right to tell you how mistakes Mm -hmm. you're making and I needed to correct her and help her to see the parts of her that that were lacking you know what did that do there was one time he traveled and he was gone from Tuesday to Sunday you know, I'm it's a long week. Yeah. Three little boys and he's gone from Tuesday to Sunday and he comes home that Sunday night late and I said to him, I said, if you could just stay home Monday morning and have breakfast with us. And he's like, you have no idea what you're asking of me. <laughs> and what I heard was, you all are not as important as what I just did out there <laughs> and what I'm going to be doing at church. And that's when I started to think, yeah, I'm not going to open myself up to you. I am going to continue to wall off. And I really got angry bitter, resentful, and I started to hate his work. Every book that came out, every conference he went to, everything he did, I wanted to get on the radio with him and say, y'all don't know Mm -hmm. how bad he is to me. I mean, I really, with every passing year, I was off the chain angry. But you never did. I never did on air or I did enough of that at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But out in the he public. He walked on eggshells around me forever. Yeah, no. that's what I was wondering because the public mm-hmm. sees the deal family mm-hmm. as, oh, they're the image yeah. of no, what sure. we all want. Sure. And he, yet that was the reality behind that. But he yeah. knew. Yeah. So, Ron, you knew, but were you thinking this is Nan's fault? Yes. At least a big part of it was her fault. Yes, I had things I needed to grow in. Okay, so one of the advantages of being a family therapist is you preach oh, no. to yourself a lot. Oh, no. Right? So you're <laughs> reading stuff all the time, and you're going, oh, my God, I think I need to work on that. But here's the way I would say it in hindsight. If I found something I needed to work on, it was sort of like a three on a ten scale. Mm. Like I had a little problem. I didn't have a serious problem. And you probably weren't verbally abusive in mm. terms of what you said to Nan. No. no. Right. No. So Never. none of that. So you're no. probably thinking, I'm a good husband. Yeah. You know, he just kept learning all these things and had all of these wonderful tools and he really was helping the masses, mm. all these other people. Now I will say he tried to bring it home. And I'd be saying, yeah, go help all your little friends out there, but don't be trying to help me. My heart was stone. Mm-hmm. Resentment Not, got in the way. Uh, anger got in the way. And, of course, sure. okay, think about this. So I would then see her anger, and I would think, man, she's got problems. we got to work on this. we got to try to work through this, and we would try to work through this. But that 
that wall was there and that was evident to me. So, again, it kind of fueled my little narrative that she's the problem. I got stuff to work on, but there's real problems over there. Every time I took that posture, I was more distant. I was more unavailable. I was less in tune. And what's her big baggage? Abandonment. I was feeding into the abandonment. Like, this is one of the crazy things I think about. It's true for us, and I think it's true for a lot of couples. A lot of us walk in with two or three really big things that are kind of great sensitivities to us, and life would just have it that our spouse sort of pecks away at those very things. And we Mm -hmm. absolutely did that to each other. I became somebody who abandoned another person who added to that life experience. That's terrible. I was sitting here just listening to her talk a minute ago, and I was just thinking, that's, that's awful. Mm-hmm. And I was blind. That's what pride does. It blinds you to yourself. And so I couldn't see it. And I was just contributing to it. And likewise, she's being angry and constantly telling me that I'm not measuring up. Well, what's my goal in life? To measure up, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. To be enough. And she's telling me you're not enough. So I worked harder and worked harder. And we're both constantly failing. And there was a season in there when Ron had just written his first book and I was still staying at home and I was boxing up those books. We had mm-hmm. three little levels and in the basement we had this little office and I was taking those books with our youngest to the post office and delivering them and working part time for him to just try to help this ministry. I really was trying to do and be a support. And yet the travel wouldn't stop and the walking into church and I'm by myself with three little boys and he's off to go teach another class and see afterwards. And it just kept going and going. And in my mind, I thought, if I'll do enough for you and show you how wonderful I am and a supportive, then you'll come back to me. And it never happens. So then it's like, well, this isn't working. Why don't I get angry? Well, does that ever help? And I will say this. I bet there are people listening going, wow, why didn't you just hang it up? Hmm. We genuinely have always loved each other. Absolutely. And we have quite the chemistry together. Yeah. But we genuinely love each other and we loved and love our children. And there were seasons in there when it was good. It was really oh, yeah. good. That's the thing. You know, there's. So much good mm-hmm. in the midst of all of this, but there's this sort of this under the surface dysfunctional uh, dance we could <laughs> narrative we just couldn't ever outrun and mm. s- sort of figured out how to tiptoe around, and yet that there were good things in the mi- middle of all of that, and so you just sort of you know keep going, not realizing that the distance uh, was growing tremendously. I know that your story's resonating yeah. with so many. Oh, I, I was thinking uh, you have unique circumstances you've already shared mm. that are different than many couples, but yeah. yet the result is mm-hmm. everybody's story. Yeah. I mean, Ron, I'm like, I've done that. Mm-hmm. Anne's done that. I've I know my life every my listener's like, I yeah. felt what you felt. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing, and we can tell more of the story next time. We haven't even gotten to the hard part. I know. Right. I know. We haven't even gotten to the real hard and the devastating impact that it had on us. So here's the bottom line. If you were to ask me, what is this story? I would say this is the story of God's mercy. 
We love each other like crazy, and we are not enough for one another. We rely on Him, and every single day at this season of our life, we are incredibly grateful Mm. for God's kindness to us in seeing us through this and continue. Like, we don't think we're done. Like, marriage isn't done We're never done. We're never done, this side of heaven. Like, we're still going, but that's this story. God has been very kind Mm. to us. And you didn't quit. No. You're listening to Dave and Ann Wilson with Ron and Nan Deal on Family Life Today. Now, there's some really honest and heavy stuff we're tackling here today, but that's where we genuinely want to live in the ministry of family life. Reality, not pretend. So share some of your thoughts with us on this, Dave. You know, Ron and Nan really hit on something that's core to all of us. We long to be seen, to be heard, to be valued, and boy, oh boy, it's at the core of our being with somebody, know me, see me, and understand what I'm going through. And I and I really think that's what Family Life Today does. We are a, a ministry that helps you be seen as we go to God's Word, as we tell our stories and stories like Ron and Nan's. Hopefully you're going, they see me. <laughs> they know exactly the same struggles that I'm going through. And I think too, Dave, in those good times and hard times, family life is here to help you every single day. And you often hear us at the beginning of the program say this, and this is what's true. We're all about helping families pursue the relationships that matter the most. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Interesting mentoring a younger couple or being mentored yourself? Check out Power to Change's mentoring initiative designed to help you avoid those pitfalls we all can fall into. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or go to our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab to get started today. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.